0: Welcome to Bubbles and Books, a podcast about two of the best things in life: books and champagne. Brought to you by Amanda and Ellen, co-owners of your local independent bookstore, Dog-Eared Books in Ames, Iowa. First, give me a cheers. Okay, we're ready.
1: Oh, powerful Rachel, Ger- Rachel! <laughs> oh, powerful Rachel, director of podcast. Am I allowed to open my champagne yet? I suppose. Okay, thank you. I know you have important work to do, and I just need to drink. I really want that champagne necklace. I put it on my Christmas list. I'm trying to be responsible as I pop champagne. <laughs> All right, Ellen, let me tell you about what we're drinking today.
0: What are we drinking, my friend? It is bubble. It is it, it is bubbles? Bubble. It's bubbles. Okay, thank God. Otherwise, this podcast would be dishonest. It's delicious.
1: We've talked about Cremant d'Alsace before. This is like the ugly stepsister to champagne, except for it's not ugly. It's delightful. She's actually the better sister. Um, the vineyard is Gustave Laurence. This is some good stuff. I would drink this anytime. Rachel, you did a really good job. It's a cool family crest on it. I mean, the guy's name's Gustave. I mean, like, isn't that the name of the guy in Beauty and the Beast?
0: Yeah, I think so. Gaston! 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 He's oh, a we douche. are so sorry. Gustav, Gustav is better. Yeah.
1: Or was it the name of one of the mice in American Tale?
0: <laughs> oh. I don't know. I'll look this Listeners, up. Listeners, figure, figure it
1: out. Figure it out. Oh, oh my God! God! Get Go home, Rachel.
0: Get out of here. Yeah, I could be son. that too. Jeez,
1: You guys know what American tale is. You know what it is. And you've cried your tears over it. <laughs> yes, you have. Should bring that one out for my kids. See what they think of that. <laughs> Why'd you make us watch this, Mom?
0: <laughs> Ellen, what are you reading right now? I am reading two books. I am reading *The Great Transition* by Nick Fuller Guggins. It came out last week, and it's like a climate change type of novel, or as your favorite term, *cli-fi*. Cli-fi. <laughs> I just really hate when
1: people throw terms around without bringing people into the fold about what they're talking about. So, if you ever hear someone refer to cli-fi, it's a new kind of subgenre of fiction that pertains to climate change. So, climate change is a big part. Uh, It's like the new post-apocalyptic book. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, but this is real. (laughs) Real. It's real apocalyptic. Uh,
0: Yeah, so this story takes place in the future, maybe about 50, 60 years from now. And we've kind of gotten past climate change in a sense that it got so bad and the workers of the world, the lower classes of the world, sort of had this bit of an uprising and it became very clear that the stakes were high and something had to change. And so now it's 16 years past day 0. Day 0 is an international holiday. It celebrates the day that earth reached net zero emissions. So we're 16 years past day the net net zero day 0. And the holiday is approaching and the main character is Emmy. She's 15. And her, she's the daughter of um, climate activists. So before she was born, her parents um, fought wildfires. And her mom is super like passionate and she hates day zero because she feels like, why the fuck would we give ourselves a pat on the back for reaching net zero way after we should have? And at what cost? Yeah, a lot of
1: people suffered.
0: A lot of people suffered. A lot of people died. Like, we aren't the good guys here. Mm -hmm. And by the way, there's still a lot of bad shit going on. And this could very easily happen again. Mm -hmm. So every year um, during day zero, her mom pieces out and goes and volunteers. So she goes and works on, like, volunteers at a farm or something like that. Mm -hmm. And so she's going. But the night before she leaves, she's acting, like, really weird. She's being very like loving. <laughs> I feel like this and... is describing me. It's like you're usually a bitch, <laughs> yeah. but today, well, her mom is like very intense, you know, and and like so. Anyway, she's about to leave. She's acting very strange, and then the next day, around the world, including in the city where Emmy and her and her family live, um, climate, people who were like. You know, CEOs of oil companies and that are still they're all like in their 90s now. A couple dozen of them are assassinated all on the same day in an organized effort and they can't get a hold of mom. And so the question is, was she involved in this? Mm-hmm. And if so, was it justified? And so it's kind of a interesting story about resistance and violence. And then I'm reading mouth to mouth by Antoine Wilson and tell tell the listeners why you picked this one up well okay so Mariah recommended it to me a while ago and I've had I bought it I have it on my shelf at home and Holden my seven-year-old saw it and he was like mom why do you have a book about kissing and I was like oh yeah I need to read that <laughs> um Is so good. So Antoine Wilson is a graduate of the Iowa Writers Workshop. So just a little fun connection. But the book is, there's the narrator who is not named, is flying. He's waiting at JFK Airport for a a flight to Germany. And he's delayed. It's delayed. And he's sitting there in the terminal. And he hears the name Jeff Cook called over the intercom to the counter. He's like, oh, that's interesting. I knew a Jeff Cook 20 some years ago when I was in college. They were acquaintances. Turns out it is that Jeff Cook. And so the narrator's like, hey, remember me? And Jeff's like, yeah, I do remember you. And they were only ever acquaintances, like Mm -hmm. really barely even that. And in college, Jeff was stoner, long-haired kind of dude. And now he's like super clean cut, wearing expensive clothing. Jeff invites the narrator to come to the first class lounge and kill time with him while they wait for the flight. And during this time, Jeff tells the narrator his story, like things, what has happened to him since college. And shortly after college, he was walking on the beach and he saw someone drowning and he's the only one around. So he saved a guy's life. And then he kind of became obsessed with that guy. And it... it like I'm reading the story as he's getting like more and more like a little stalkerish mm-hmm. with the guy that he saved. And I know this is about to go real far off the rails, but I don't know how or when. And it's like holding me in that spot of mm-hmm. tension where I'm like, this is this is bad. I don't know about this Jeff motherfucker. <laughs> but it's so good. That's like the moment I turn off the movie where I'm like, uh do uncomfortable. <laughs> and it's not like scary. It's not like a suspense novel. It's just like there is this layer of darkness to it and you and dread and you don't know exactly what to make of and And you got this like double uh, unreliable narrator thing happening. Mm-hmm. Right. Because Jeff is not a reliable narrator, probably. And the actual narrator might not be a reliable narrator. Ooh, What secrets does he hide? So it, yeah, it's super. It's really well. It's a very well written book. Uh, and it's short. It's like just a couple hundred pages. Cool. Huh. Is that all you need?
1: No, I think we have to do everything we did. No. She doesn't need to ask me what I was reading. No, I have yours. Oh. It was just and the end?
0: Yeah. Cool. All right. And also, <clears throat> Emily has a very important announcement. Emily, would you like to share your announcement? Yeah. Listeners, you're not going to believe this. It was really scary. Hold your fucking breaths. All right. Emily, tell us breaking
2: news from the office of the event coordinator at dog-eared books two mondays from now
0: i emily the event coordinator am getting bangs yes (laughs) we will post a picture applaud
1: give me likes you know what
0: people should understand that we are a staff of risk takers (laughs) okay (laughs) that's part of what makes us cool
1: I mean, I've done some little wild, risky things. I can't put on official <laughs> A little national wild, record. Risky things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I'm always up for something risky. What are you reading? I'm kind of I, technically, I am reading something, but I'm in this weird in between where I just finished the last animal, which I discovered oh, on our I own know. shelves. About the woolly mammoth being brought back to life.
0: I'm going to read that.
1: And it was definitely a where the fuck is this going book, which I love. I, love. I enjoy that. Maybe not quite as dark as what you're experiencing right now with mouth to mouth, but definitely like there was a moment where I was like, oh my God, and slammed <laughs> the book shut and put you it in You told my me lap. you had a
0: couple of those moments, so now yeah. I'm excited to read it. I had two.
1: One was worse than the other. And now we're going to make our book club read so it. So I'll
0: read it and then I'll try to identify
1: yeah. what what the fuck moments were. You'll be able to do that. Um, I really look forward to hearing about it. And so I just finished it and you and I are both looking at reading for, we've been taking a reading hiatus almost, like in doing whatever the hell we want, grabbing whatever well, been, we we've want. We've been reading
0: a ton this year of like reading ahead. Mm-hmm. Um With the goal of choosing for our subscription and also rounding out our curation, you know, just for our regular ordering for the Mm -hmm. store. Um, Plus, you know, we're both in book clubs. And so I feel like a lot of the reading, it's it's all stuff I want to read, but it's kind of like I'm on a little bit of a a timeline. Mm -hmm. Um, But right now I'm sorry, I've been in this weird space where I'm like, okay, I'm going to read some stuff I've been wanting to read for a while. Mm -hmm. So like I read Trust by Hernan Diaz. Mm -hmm. Um, Now I'm reading Mouth to Mouth. And I've got a little bit of wiggle room. So I'm like still
1: enjoying the wiggle room. I'm debating whether to pick up um, the book the author Paul Kicks recommended, which was The Lemon. And he said it was hilarious.
0: Oh yeah, you were telling me about I love that the one.
1: cover. It's super cool. We it still is have a cool it in cover. The store. Um we also thinking mm-hmm. about picking up Fourth Wing. I finally got a copy. Oh, yeah, you told me that. And my daughter has it, and I want a mother-daughter read it, and she was like, mm-hmm. last night, she was like, I know, it has sexual content, but I don't care. <laughs> uh, you know what I told her about school? I was like, Eloise, if you're allowed free choice on reading anything this year, it better have sex in it, and it better be gay. <laughs> you wow. shove that down their throats. Right on. Um, yeah, okay, I- you finish it, though, uh, let me know so I can
0: send you a meme Okay. At- I gave it so, to my daughter mm-hmm. and it's at her bedside and she, so I walked in on her reading the other day but not that book mm-hmm. but she finished the book she was reading which is like which is um oh it's that graphic novel Laura Dean keeps breaking up yeah. with me, or something mm-hmm. like that um and I was like you should read the fourth wing because like everybody wants to read that book and no one can get their hands on it right now and that's like that's very cool that you yeah. have this book mm-hmm. you don't understand mm-hmm so we'll see.
1: We'll see. It could be a, like a big, it could be a mother-daughter read book club. Because, you know, <laughs>
0: there we go. And then we force them to sit down together. Yeah. Let's talk about sex, them, baby. Yes. We're like, how did you feel about this?
1: Yeah. What do you think of that sex scene? <laughs> uh, awkward. So I I have options in front of me, but I'm also reading for December. I've dipped my toe in and um, I'm reading a book called, The. Key, I think, the kids run the kids show. Run the kids show. run yeah. the show. It's I have Europa that to read. Editions. <laughs> Europa Editions is pretty much what it it sounds like. These are some of the best titles being published in Europe. Um, think. Is it translated? Yes. Okay. I believe it's translated from French because it takes place in France. Okay, cool. And the book is about how life changes after like the real world. So there is a French real world, but kind of more like the show.
0: Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, like re- the birth. I was like, there's reality after the Real world. What's yes. that? Retirement? Reality
1: television celebrity is what it's about, and how the world changed with the first reality television. Okay. How it would never be the same again, and how it changed the impulses of everyday people to create celebrity for themselves. You know that there is a woman, now grown, who was influenced by this original show um, that took place in France in which people lived within a contained environment for a certain amount of time, and two came out as winners. But there was a lot of controversy about the ethics of the show. And so it's about reality television, the ethics of it, how it's changed society, but also about a very specific woman who was influenced by it. And what we know is that she, her one of her daughter do- or one of her children, her daughter, has gone missing. Oh. So I didn't know what to expect going into it. Uh, it feels social commentary with the f- interest of maybe a mystery. So I'll update you. Okay. But yeah, I'm reading for good. December, and it is fun to check out Europa edition titles. Because the yeah, idea I'm gonna pick of that one up. getting to snag some of the best titles coming out of Europe is really cool.
0: And somewhat related. Are you watching Big Brother? <laughs> no, you know I'm not. <laughs> uh, you guys, all I'm going to say is, Hi, some buddy, you had that coming. Okay. If you, if know, you, know, you know, know. <laughs> 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 Although, I will say, Hi, some had some great diary rooms, but let's move on. We digress. So that's what we're reading. Okay. Segway. We have Segway. a really special guest this
1: week. We're super excited. So special. The to specialist in- of specials. We're going to introduce you to Sarah High. She works for Bookshop.org, which has been hugely influential in getting bookstores off the ground like mm-hmm. our own and through a national pandemic. And they're great advocates for our industry. A really amazing tool. We're going to tell you more about it as we talk to her. So, welcome, Sarah. Hi. Can I just fangirl on Sarah for a minute? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. You should. Um, All right. Welcome to Bubbles and Books, Sarah. I feel like we should have shipped you a bottle of champagne. Um, for you to enjoy with us, but uh, we appreciate your last minute joining with us. Uh, My fangirl would be um, anytime I've been to an industry event, you're there and you're smiling and you're (laughs) lovely and you just exude joy and kindness. And that is just a rare quality in a human being. But when it comes to the magnitude of what bookshop.org does for our industry, it's pretty freaking amazing that you can be so positive and easygoing and accessible and friendly every minute of every day. Because if I send an email to bookshop.org, guess who answers it? You.
2: <laughs> so You're making me blush.
1: Well, I try to give the consistent feedback because I always feel that way about you. So we'll introduce Sarah High, my first point of contact for Bookshop.org, as well as Ellen's. Ellen and I went to Baltimore Winter Institute, an annual gathering of independent booksellers as a part of our effort to learn about the industry. And it just so happened that Bookshop.org was keynoting. And it was this new, exciting thing that was happening. So if you wouldn't mind telling us a little bit about bookshop.org, its origin story, and how you became a part of this really valuable tool for us as booksellers.
2: Absolutely. And thank you, Amanda, for um, just making me so happy yet uncomfortable because
0: (laughs) (laughs) she's really good at that.
2: (laughs) <laughs> I'm just kidding. Trying to get better at like being, just saying thank you, but I always go, oh, stop. You know, I'm like, what? <laughs> um, but anyway, it's very, very sweet to hear all of that. And I'm just so happy to be here on the show with y'all. So thank you for having me.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: yeah, it's a pleasure. And I'm so glad I got to come to your store earlier this year.
1: Yes, I Um, should caveat my convo with I've seen you several times. And the last time I saw you, I maybe almost hopefully didn't give you COVID.
2: You did not give me COVID.
1: Oh, my God. I'm so happy because I was just yelling in your face and telling you how much (laughs) I loved you and hugging you and taking pictures with you. And then a couple of days later, I said, oh, should I have COVID? So I'm so glad you stayed (laughs) safe. Um, But yes, continue. Bookshop. (laughs)
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, So I joined the bookshop team four years ago this month, crazy. Um, (laughs) And I came to bookshop as a former bookseller and bookstore manager on the Upper West Side in um, Manhattan. So I feel like in my role at bookshop.org, I always have my bookseller hat on because how can you not? You have to. Um, and I think Andy, who does not have a bookselling background but a publishing background, our founder, Andy Hunter, also shaped bookshop.org with booksellers in mind and always keeps booksellers at the top of his mind. So basically, the history of bookshop is Andy started chatting with some booksellers at Winter Institute, that industry uh, convention you were mentioning, Amanda. And I think it was early in the early 2010s, he started just kind of talking to booksellers at Winter Institute and saying, you know, have you all thought about a way in which we could, as an industry, create a better way to sell books online so that booksellers can can, you know, boost themselves and market themselves online as well as you know, Amazon is boosting themselves online, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. So he really thought of this with literally with booksellers, um, you know, and, and started getting their thoughts and feedback and was kind of workshopping it, brought it to the ABA. ABA said, you know, we're, we can't for a trade organization reason, start an online company that's for profit. But you go crazy, Andy. So he started (laughs) bookshop.org in um, 2019. And so when I joined the team in August, 2019, he basically was like, I need a bookseller liaison, someone who can kind of shepherd the booksellers um, and and teach them about how to use bookshop.org as booksellers. So I came in, you know, (laughs) Bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, like okay, I'm. I don't really know a lot about technology, but let's go for it. <laughs> so um, I do feel like I've learned a lot about tech and you know user experiences and online marketing and SEO and all that crazy stuff. There's a whole world out there that I feel like I've just dipped my toes in. But I do feel like the coolest part of my job is being able to help booksellers empower themselves to, you know. Sell books online better and get their books out there and get more customers online. So, um, yeah, right now we have just passed the what is this three-year mark of being live. So we're about three and a half years old at Bookshop, and we're
1: going to launch eBooks soon. I'm so excited. We have to talk more about that. Today. We do,
0: but I do. I think it's worthwhile to mention the timing here because you came on in 2019, right? right? And then this pandemic. And so talk about, I don't know if it's serendipity, I don't know what it was, but many independent booksellers and bookstores credit bookshop.org for getting us through the pandemic because that was an easy platform for us to use. And for for people who don't know what bookshop.org is, or they hear us talking about it, it, you know, basically it's a website you can go to, you can buy books, you can search just like you would on Amazon. And then those uh, profits are shared with independent bookstores. It's a very easy way to support independent bookstores and it provides us a platform. So we can channel people to like our dog ear books page at bookshop.org, you know, anywhere in the world, in the country, you know, you can access that and support us. And so, Uh, I think that bookshop was there at the exact right moment and I know that probably wasn't the planning right but um, yeah you know we certainly we certainly use bookshop.org you know even prior to our opening we opened in March of 2021 but we were started to sell books on bookshop.org in the fall of 2020. Um, We were fortunate that for us, the pandemic arrived before we opened, so we didn't have to do this like massive pivot. We just had to kind of roll with it. But for a lot of bookstores, uh, and I've heard over and over again, um, you all are what got them through.
2: So yeah. thank you for mentioning that, Ellen. That's like a huge piece of Bookshop's history. We launched January 2020, and um I had I think 30 bookstore affiliates on on the site that I had onboarded. And then by March, I, we had hit 300 bookstores.
0: <laughs> yeah. Cause people were That's, like, Oh shit.
2: You yeah. Know? Everyone's like, uh, there's a global pandemic coming. And actually I had COVID in March, 2020. Oh So I'm onboarding booksellers from my sick bed, just like, oh my God. it was insane. And I was like, I don't know where to go or how to get tested. I mean, yeah, there were testing sites in New York, the New York city just felt like the apocalypse. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was, um, really heartening to know that bookshop was there for booksellers when I think we needed it the most.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, for sure. Then- I mean, it's
0: not an understatement.
2: Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's the timing is pretty insane. A lot of people <laughs> are like, Did you know this was-? and we were like, no, we have no idea. This was can happen, or yeah. that our timing would be so serendipitous. But
1: yeah, yeah. And for us, not only was it helpful to launch our business, and we've told other people, prospective indie booksellers, as soon as you announce your creation of a bookstore, create a bookshop.org site and say you might not be able to shop as yet, but you can online. Like you, you not in person, but you can support us by shopping us online. And so that was a huge part of our launch and um, it was also a gift to us in that Ellen and I knew we just had to figure out how to run a bookstore open it up each morning make sure we had books staff the store we had no idea what we were doing and we certainly <laughs> didn't want to have to figure out how to be UPS shipping station um, so it took that out of the equation for us um, and really helped our learning curve and we still use it today we tell people um you want to ship something to grandma on the other side of the country any book in print we can get for you um you reference the fact that you're new York, so i have to know one of the reasons like you so much is that you're actually a midwesterner tell us about
2: Okay, so so glad you asked. I love to bring this up anytime that I can. My parents met in Cincinnati. They both went to UC, Go Bearcats, and I was born and raised there um for the first 6 years of my life. That might not sound impactful, but it really is. I feel like a core part of my identity is that I have um half like my dad's whole side is from the Midwest and my mom's whole side is from the South, so I'm this perfect crazy <laughs> combination of like I'll, I'll apologize all the time oh sorry sorry. all the time oh sorry all the time um but yeah no the midwest holds a very very special place in my heart and um Midwest booksellers are pretty exceptional and I'm not just saying that because I'm on a call with y'all I I just (laughs) feel like Midwesterners and Midwest booksellers especially are like the sweetest most genuine down-to-earth people and I love working with Midwest booksellers especially so getting to see y'all in Iowa this year was such a treat and your store was incredible um I was I'm preparing a presentation for um, the staff this week, cause we're going to have some new bookshop.org blood coming to the fall regionals. Um, and I was seeing my, some of my pictures from Doggate books and Aww. it's just an unbelievable
0: store. And I love oh, it. Thank you. <laughs> we had a lot of fun, um, hosting, being one of the hosts of, um, the Midwest booksellers road trip, but it was cool to see industry people there and to show off what we have going on in central Iowa which maybe not everyone thinks of as a indie bookstore Mecca, but
2: I think. You really we really have a Mecca there, to, though. I mean, it's amazing.
0: We think so.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I think so, too. And I was just in Lafayette, Indiana, for my um, family reunion. And I was... Um, my cousin's wife is from Iowa and I was like, oh my God, I went to Des Moines and Ames and they're just <laughs> the sweetest, most fun cities, <laughs> the best bookstores. And my cousin Darcy was like, I know, Ames is amazing.
0: And I was like, oh, do
2: you do? <laughs> we love a little
0: love. Well, hey, <laughs> I was born in Lafayette. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so
2: connections. That's wild. That's yeah.
1: crazy. Go Purdue, go Boilermakers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So one of the things I mentioned is that if we've been to an industry event, you've been there. You're, I can't even imagine the miles you've racked up flying across the country. Um, But tell us about, in addition to visiting the Midwest, um, what have, where have you been this year? I, I follow you on social media, which delights (laughs) me. I think you're the most amazing person. Um, But tell us about some of the bookstores that you visited this year. Because we we love a bookstore visit. We travel for bookstores. So what have you seen this year? That's been fun.
2: Oh, my gosh. Great question.
1: Um, Well, top of mind is I
2: was just in D.C. for New Voices, New Rooms, which is the new um, Southern Booksellers and uh, New Atlantic Booksellers um, conference. And I went to Lost City Books in Washington, D.C. And oh, oh my God, it was unbelievable. I love that store so you have to go the Uh next time you're in DC um that was wonderful and then earlier this year I was in LA so I went to um skylight oh cool yeah skylight and um there's a tree in the middle of the store which is (laughs) that's cool and I just loved it Um, and they had a bookstore cat but it the cat has passed but I of course was like hey where can I get all the cat stuff for this (laughs) deceased cat but of course they were like we don't really have that anymore but um, long live that sweet cat and um, where else Uh, of course when I was in Iowa I got to go to You know, the beautiful Des Moines stores that I just Mm -hmm. was blown away by and absolutely loved. And every time I travel with my partner, he's also in the book industry. We are insufferably always just like, how many bookstores can we see? Same. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we're constantly in stores. And actually, there's a new store here in Brooklyn, the Ripped Bodice.
1: We are going to hit that
2: baby up. I know. I still have not been. and apparently on bookstore romance day of course it was just like popping off with people which was amazing but i did also just go to the new bookstore books or magic location oh i can't wait stunning just stunning beautiful that's so I exciting love this is the best part of my job it's getting to see all the stores and their personality. Yeah,
0: it's really fun to visit indie bookstores cuz they're not there's no two that are quite alike you know exactly. it's like they all have something different going on literally it's yeah. so true. it's really fun yeah. So, so, yeah, go ahead, Ellen. No, I was just going to ask you, like, it was at all these bookstores. Have you? Do you have some favorite books you've read recently or this year that you picked up anywhere? Um.
2: Yes. So Forbidden Notebook by Alba de Cespedes came out earlier this year from Astra House Books. And okay. I famously, famously being among my, you know, My partner and my friends love um, women in translation, specifically Italian women in translation. So I'm a big Ferrante person. Wow. I'm obsessed with Elena Ferrante. And so Alba de Cespedes is a famous Italian feminist author and um, Astra is putting out her work. I think for the first time in the U S if I'm not mistaken. And so forbidden notebook was a highlight of my year. Um, It takes place in post-World War II Italy. And so, you know, fascism is still very much in the air. People are kind of on alert because of Mussolini and um, it's just an amazing epistolary novel because the speaker is writing as if it's just her diary and she keeps hiding the diary because um, she's like, I don't want my husband or kids to find this. And it's just, oh, I I love the way, I love when a woman can just perfectly put what it is to be a woman in in the world into a work. And so I, I feel like Alba de Cespedes and Ferrante are so good at That So that was, I think, a highlight. But then I also just finished Rachel Cusk's um, Transit, which was amazing. First time reading Rachel Cusk. I had just started Outline earlier this year. And so this is the second of three in that in the Outline series. And and, um, again, Divorced, you know, divorced woman going through a hard time. I I really love
0: moody women. (laughs) You you know, you know what your poison is. We talk about this often, like just like there's just certain things you're like, that's going to get me every time.
2: (laughs) I'm very consistent and people know how to buy for me because I'm like, if it's a moody, brooding woman, I want to read it. (laughs) I love it.
0: (laughs) I haven't um, read that series by Rachel Cusk. I read—I'm totally blanking on the name of it. I did read one. It was about an artist, um, by her. But it was—it was really good.
2: Yeah, and might have been one of her non-fictions, then. Yeah, but she's amazing. And the second one takes place in London, and I love London, and so it—it it was just such a treat. And now I'm about to start um, *Demon Copperhead*. Yeah, because I'm—I'm I'm so excited. I'm in a book club with my girlfriends from undergrad and um everyone who has read it so far in our group has just sung such high praises about it and I'm I've not read Barbara Kings Kingsolver
0: yet and I just can't <gasps> I'm so excited Oh my god I have love you all read her
1: King. Fuck yeah. yeah
0: I love Barbara <laughs> Kingsolver I'll read anything she writes I know. She's like she's like my queen Yeah
2: Sarah have you bought the book yet Yes, I have it. Okay, I was going to say, Ellen wants me to try and win this co- like
0: competition that's going to come soon. Barbara's Barbara- having a competition. So I was like, we'll mail you the book. Just buy it from us. <laughs> it's whatever indie bookstore that signs up for it sells the most hardcover copies of Demon Copperhead in the month of September. Barbara will come to your store for an event for the release of the paperback. And okay. I feel like Barbara and I are supposed to be best friends. And this would facilitate that more quickly. Do you we'll mention it a lot.
2: sales count?
0: I
1: don't think so. wait no. we'll find out. I'll ask.
0: Yeah, um
1: I will I mean, just buy, I'll buy another copy. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> have you read American Mermaid yet?
2: No. You have oh to God. put it on your list.
1: Okay. She's brooding. There's some brooding. There's some women. It's totally feminist. Um, it's anti-bro. Um it's really cool and odd, and I'm dressing up as American Mermaid for Halloween, so look forward to that. Oh, I cannot <laughs> wait to see it. Yeah, I, I can't wait to see it heard. either. I know, it's going to be really <laughs> fantastic. Um, taking You've been in books a long time, so have you always identified as a reader, and do you recall a particular book of childhood that you really, like, turned you on, like, made you a reader or you remember that moment where you're like, I'm a book girl?
2: Oh my gosh. That's such a good question. Yeah. I've always felt like a reader. I think if anything, um, because I've always worn glasses literally since I was two, I have strabismus, which means my left eye crosses in, um, and I had to have surgery when I was really little. Um, so I, yeah, I've been wearing glasses since I was two years old and have always just kind of felt very bookish. And I think even before even knowing me, people have labeled me as such because it was the nineties and things are different, but, um, I was a huge reader as a kid. My relatives always say, um, my younger two sisters would like immediately go up running to them. And I would be like in a corner hunched up mm-hmm. with a book and would be the last one <laughs> to say hi. Cause I just, couldn't get away from my books so yeah um, (laughs) classic but I think I the series that made me really feel like a reader as a youth were the Meg Cabot Princess Diaries books Mm -hmm. those were just wonderful and I I love how non-Disney the books felt versus the movies Mm -hmm. I feel like the, the movies of course were just Great in their own merit, but the books were like a little more sexual and a little more like, I don't know, just like older girl, you know, girl coming into her own. And so, yeah. and I feel like that is, that is kind of, that really is where my taste in like, you know, a woman coming into her own. That's really where it start. It started. So cool. I didn't even connect that until now. That's
1: so funny. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's so amazing. Um, is there a picture book that you can remember from your childhood? I'm always really curious to talk to people who have been lifelong readers. And it you know, it's really odd. Like the books that stuck with me actually to go on a deep dive to figure out what they were even called. Like I ended mm-hmm. up finding a copy of one that really I really loved um at like Goodwill for a buck online. Um can you recall anything that you remember reading in a picture book format?
2: Yes. Um, I love this question too. And it's so funny. I feel like some of the books, like you just said, Amanda, I'm like, I don't know the title or author. They're just very concrete in my mind. Right. The one that I can name is, um, Walter the Baker which was about the history, quote unquote, of how the pretzel was born.
1: <laughs> oh, my gosh. I think I know this one. Oh, my it's gosh. It's so
2: good. And it, um, it takes place in, I think, like an old German town or French town. And basically, this baker is um, trying to bake a new kind of bread for the king. And the king's like, it has to have three holes in it and the light has to shine through. And Walter's like, I don't know what how to do this. This is going to be impossible. And then he finally like flings the bread on onto a plate or something and it makes a pretzel. And then he puts salt on it and it's perfect. And um, I loved reading that as a kid. And I've always loved like food books, too. So I loved like Hungry Caterpillar. And I, I really to this day, I love like a food memoir um, so, so much. And I love cookbooks. We have too many cookbooks books in our house but I do think as a kid I, I really gravitated towards like the food-based
1: picture <laughs> did you read um the the red ripe strawberry the small mouse or uh, I can't think of Audrey Wood wrote it it was about a mouse protecting a strawberry from the big hungry bear oh yeah oh yeah, yeah. I oh, love that God. one That's that was my food one yes and those illustrations the are number. amazing I know yeah. they're so good. It's really cute. Um, speaking of cookbooks, what are you cooking from right now? Because like, I feel like Ellen and I, neither one of us are very adventurous, but I do find like certain sources that I go to again and again. Plus we have a whole bunch of picky eaters who won't mate eat the amazing food I make. But what are mm-hmm. you cooking from right now?
2: So right now I've been cooking a lot from Cook This Book, Molly Baz. Molly um, Baz, yeah, uh-huh. It's just so great, and she also has really good um, YouTube videos. Okay, and she's pretty. I mean, for like the home cook, she's kind of she will kind of test you in that. Like, I just made a Caesar dressing from scratch, which was kind of hard for me because it was like a mayonnaise esque. You know, let's whip some egg whites plus anchovies. So she kind of pushes you, which I really love. Um, and so cook this book, I. Th- think it's fantastic. And that's her Caesar Salad recipe from Cook This Book. And that's she so has good. I know I love her so much. And she has another book coming out this fall. Okay.
1: We'll look for that one. Yeah. I'm feeling mm-hmm. the turn in the weather. And so I'm like, I want a good soup recipe.
2: Okay. Moosewood, the <laughs> Moosewood
1: cookbook has a lot of
2: good soups. Okay. Moosewood. Yeah,
0: I, I have it. um heard of that one. Some I had a customer talk to me about that book though in rocks and there's a lot of good like veggie vegetarian recipes too I think it's funny that you're saying you felt the turn in the weather because we had <laughs> excessive heat warnings last week and it was like yep. you felt like 110 degrees or something every day and now it's like in the 80s and that's like I know cool it's such a turn that it's, that it's fall. <laughs> it's Emily. 85.
1: Emily our events planner, saw that I had a mock neck shirt on she's like the seasons are changing that is so good i Love when it turns into fall. Yeah, love, it's a love, list. Fall. um is there anything surprising that most people don't know about Bookshop.org? Like, even for us as users, is there anything that most people don't know that you would share about how the organization works?
2: Yeah, I think I don't know if y'all know this, but a lot of people don't. We have a really small team we're 35 people um and so if y'all if any bookseller or any you know reader is ever like I want to see something different or why don't y'all try this we're very receptive because we're pretty scrappy and we're Mm -hmm. only 35 people um Mm -hmm. So that is why I go to all the shows and you can see my face year round in person. Usually if you're a bookseller, Um, but yeah, we're, we're a pretty small team and that's something a lot of people don't know, which I like to highlight just because, yeah.
1: I feel it. Like I said, if I send an email, you're replying to me. You're at every event. It feels very personal and not corporate. Um, And that receptivity to suggestion and change is like, such a gift, because it leaves the opportunity to make oneself better. And I hope, like you know, we're a young bookstore, just a little bit younger than you guys are. We're always looking to tweak and change, and that's the best. Like when you get stuck in your ways, that's how we end up going to the the same solutions all the time. And the innovation of Bookshop.org is the ability to think differently. Um, and the exciting thing. That you guys are about to do that you mentioned earlier that I really want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Game changer. Yeah, game changer. changer. We have had this option for shipping through bookshop.org, audiobooks through Libra FM. And the one thing we haven't been able to hit is ebooks because mm-hmm. there are ebook adherents. Like that these people love their earbook, ebooks. My mom wants her ebook. Like I mm-hmm. own a bookstore and she still buys ebooks. I like I like ebooks she wants to bump up the font size and she wants the light on the book as she goes to bed, you know, that she doesn't turn off the lamp or whatever. So tell us about the ebook plan. I'm so excited.
2: We're so pumped. It's hopefully going to be launched by the end of this year, if not start of 2024. Um, We are in the process of hiring someone who's going to build the ebook platform from the ground up and basically basically, it will mean that anyone on bookshop.org who wants an ebook will be able to buy it through bookshop.org and have it downloaded to whatever way they consume ebooks. So it's you know it'll be iPhone friendly, um, Kindle friendly. It'll be able to be read on whatever platform an ebook reader reads on. And the booksellers will get 100% of the profits. So bookshop.org will not get any money. What?
1: List. Oh my gosh, I had no idea. That is such yeah. a generous gift. Thank you.
2: Yes. And I will tell Andy that was it was all his ideas.
0: So yeah. That
1: is like blow your mind. Exciting. Wow. Yeah. Well, awesome. I had
0: I had an opportunity to see him at Winter Institute. I had a session that he gave, and it was like the most it was like, you know, you go to a conference and you like want to, you want someone to like pump you up, you know, <laughs> and make you be like, yeah. I'm doing the best thing. And he did that. Like he just, he just, you could tell he's so passionate about any booksellers and what we contribute to, you know, the literary life of our communities. Mm-hmm. And so that's so cool.
2: I agree. Yeah. I think he, he's really just, he really puts his money where his the, his money, where his mouth is, you know, he's just yeah. such, such a really wonderful light and I'm just really excited to have more offerings for booksellers and it won't stop with eBooks. We'll have other things coming up and, you know, eventually we're going to do like a Goodreads like platform where users can rate stuff and have, you know, stars. And, um, because we we need a better way to socialize about books online, in my opinion. So that's to come.
1: And that's not Amazon. Amazon. Yeah. And it's such a national level that people can engage. You can find friends on Goodreads or other platforms like it. And to be able to connect that way. I mean, I certainly love to see what readers are reading across the country um, Mm -hmm. that may be the same or different than what we're reading here in the store. Um, One of the last things that we have on our (laughs) list, because you know, we're animal people. Tell us about your cat. (laughs) OMG.
2: He's right outside this office door. Yeah. <laughs> um, he is so sweet. His name is Louis after Louis the 14th because I lived in France for a year and it's part of my whole identity. Yeah, um, And he is the sassiest, most dog-like cat I've ever met. He will beg for <laughs> food at all hours of the day. He wakes us up with his meows when we're coming in. At night, back into the apartment, he will meow at the door like a dog barks at the door. (laughs) door. Um, He is so, so sweet and silly. And he's also very petite. He's only like nine or 10 pounds. Whoa. And a tiny kitty. And I got him from a farm in Pennsylvania. So he does this like like cluck, like, which like (laughs) kind of sounds like a chicken. Because he was raised (laughs) with a chicken who was kicked out of the coop. Oh, so the, the chicken. That's a children's
0: crazy. book idea. I know. Yeah.
2: That's a write, really good idea. Write that book. <laughs> oh, that's such a good idea. Yeah. Louis the
0: chicken dog cat.
1: Yeah. <laughs> what color is he? He's all black. Oh, no, we got some
0: black cat fans at our store.
2: They're um, so special. I grew up being scared of them. I'm very superstitious, but he is the sweetest.
1: We have an honorary black cat in our dog yard up above the little kid's reading nook. Um, I was not part of that. Someone ordered it and snuck it up there. But um, (laughs) our middle grade uh, reader, book club leader, receiver, Tom V, um, has three black cats. And one of them is the devil. His name is Billy. (laughs) And he just, like, wreaks havoc. Like, her husband had to get a tetanus shot because the cat freaked out and got his leg really bad.
0: Billy needs his own Instagram account because Billy's the shit. So. <laughs> that's yes. wild. We I mean, all, we always like to hear what Billy's been up to.
2: That's the funny <laughs> thing about cats, though, is they're psychotic. They're just, like, chaotic by nature. But hopefully they're chaotic good. Sometimes they're chaotic bad. They're, yeah. they're crazy. That's true. Oh my God. Whereas yeah. a dog is just always, you know, in yeah. nice dogs are just consistent.
1: Yeah. Right. Love, love, love. <laughs> I mean, there's a few wild ones out there. So let's talk quick, real plug. Um, not only did we get to talk to Sarah today, but you and the bookshop team um, have given our listeners an opportunity um, for a special promo code for all the books that we mention in the next two months on Bubbles and Books. So all the titles that Sarah just recommended today, those that Ellen and I talked about that are coming out that we're excited about, those will all be on our bookshop.org site as a featured list and it will be 10% off. So thank you to you guys for supporting our listeners that way, but mostly for the work that you do day in and day out to make indie bookstores as healthy and strong as possible and to give our customers a way to support us in a really easy way. So thank you, Sarah.
2: Thank you. Uh, I feel yeah. Again, I it's hard for me to take thanks, but I really <laughs> appreciate it. And yeah, I'm. Y'all are wonderful. I wish we could talk for like eight more hours. I, I know. Feel like, well, we'll see. You know, we'll
1: be
0: seeing you around. You know. Yeah,
1: we'll be at Winter sure. Institute. We're, we're coming to, to New York. Oh, oh
0: yeah, we're coming, oh, yeah. We're coming oh, to New York
1: in the end way. of September. Yeah, we'll bug you, but you don't have to feel obligated. Uh, this no, is like off I the record. I think you we want, a,
0: to want You want a party? Yeah, let's party. Combination.
1: Yeah. I know karaoke
0: spots.
2: Yes. There's a lot we could do. Yes. <laughs> Ellen
1: will sing. I want champagne. I want to go to a good cocktail bar, but we're going to hit as many uh, New York bookstores. It'll be um, Ellen and Rachel's first trip ever. Um, and we're staying with my sister in Brooklyn. And we have a list of like 30 bookstores. And then I'm going to filter in a couple cocktail bars and we're going to have a good dinner. <laughs> So we will tell you the dates. We'll send you a little note. I just uh, don't want you to feel pressured, but we would like love if you're out and about to meet up with you. There's Rachel's list.
2: Love. Oh my <laughs> God. I would love to see y'all not just saying that. Please, please hit me okay. up. Would love- okay, okay.
1: We will. Okay. We will. So thanks for taking the time and please pass our thanks on for like all the work that you guys are doing and then this opportunity to do the promo code is like really exciting. So
2: Totally. I will definitely tell David. And thank you so much for having me. You're all so special. (laughs) And I love having you in my professional and personal life. So thank you. Same. Thanks,
0: Thanks, Sarah. Sarah.
1: (laughs) Bye. So that was a fun conversation. (laughs) That was so fun. We love Sarah High so much. I want to be Sarah High. Because she has cool tattoos. We are high
0: on Sarah high. We are
1: high on Sarah Hi, But we have some exciting things coming out
0: this week. What's popping on our shelves? Okay. So new and hardcover this week, Happiness Falls by Angie Kim. Thank you for finding this book for us. I love this book. It's so good. Um, I've talked about it on the podcast before. But in case you weren't a regular listener, it is about this family, this Korean American family. It takes place in the first few months of COVID. Everyone's like stuck at home. And it's narrated from the perspective of Mia, who's 20 years old, home from college, living with her family. She has a twin brother. She has a 14 year old brother, Eugene, who has autism and Angelman syndrome, and he's non speaking. And he also has a lot of motor issues. Um, mom is Korean American, dad is white. So <clears throat> one day, Dad, Adam, takes Eugene hiking in a local park, and they go there every day, and Eugene comes running home, which is unusual because he doesn't run very often, and he's clearly upset, and dad is nowhere to be found. Dad's missing, and so over the course of the next several weeks, the family is trying to figure out, like, what happened to the dad? What does Eugene know that he can't tell them? Um, and then Mia sort of discovers this project that her dad appears to have been working on about how you can modify your happiness levels. So, like, for example, um, if you are a pessimist and you always have low expectations, when something good happens, you are happier with that than someone who is optimistic in the first place. Because they were expecting so it. So how do you, like... And there's some worry that maybe dad is was hiding some sort of illness or something. And she wonders, has he intentionally disappeared because he's fucking with our happiness levels or something? He's trying to prepare us for bad news. There's also speculation. Is there an affair going on? Did he, did something happen to him? There's waterfalls in this park. Like, did he, did he drown? Like, uh, no one knows. And so it's this sort of, it's a mystery, but it's really about the family dynamics um, and also, like, all the assumptions that the family has made about Eugene because he's not speaking. Right. And what his inner life must be. Yeah. And it's so good.
1: Awesome. So exciting. We also have Good Bad Girl by Alice Feeney. So I listened to this one already. Alice Feeney is a favorite suspense author. For those who read our mystery thriller section, um, she's very creative in how she builds the premise for these suspense novels. Um, Good Bad Girl is about a baby that goes missing 20, 20 years ago. Yeah, like taken from... Taken from, from a grocery store. You know that the new mother is struggling. She, she kind of wished she hadn't had the child um, and so feels very guilty when the daughter is taken, uh, flash forward 20 years in the future, we have various mothers and daughters who are characters, um, in a story. And you wonder how are they tied back to this original disappearance? How are they tied to one another? And that's a great slow burn reveal and a really interesting contemplation of the guilt mothers carry. The ways in which we feel we fail. So it it was great. If you love Alice Feeney, Rock, Paper, Scissors, Daisy Darker, two of her previous titles. If you love a a suspenseful, slow reveal, twisty novel without a woman being locked in a basement somewhere, you're going to love this.
0: All right. And in paperback, we have some good ones coming out this week. Babel by R.F. Kwong, which has been a staff favorite the whole time it's been out. Um, colonialism, magic. Oxford University, eighteen hundreds. Yeah, um, they're tower. The there's a school called Babel at Oxford University, and they're translators, and um, they're super well respected. And if you work your way through that program, you get to do silver working, and silver working is where you etch words on either side of a silver bar that are translations of each other. And what is lost in that transpa- translation is manifested into power that the British elite harness to, you know, power their weapons and their homes. And, but they're doing it on the backs of people, uh, you know, from other countries. Yeah. So it's so perfect. It's, in its so represent- smart. Yeah. It's so smart. It's very
1: poetic in its representation of colonialism. Um, and the ways in
0: which we
1: abuse and use other people's cultures.
0: Yeah. And it posits some very difficult questions about um, resistance and violence. Right. Really cool. Okay. So we also have An Immense World by Ed Young, which has been super popular in our nature section. And in this book, he explores how different animals experience the world. So... Like, they're different senses um, and how there's just vast ways in which we all experience our surroundings. So it's like fascinating facts about animals, but how they interact with the same space that we're in. Very cool.
1: In oh. Kids. Okay, Everyone, Jess in particular is very excited about this next one. Yeah. She told me you were really happy you told her about it.
0: Yes. So it is the fourth In the wildly popular Inheritance Games series, The Brothers Hawthorne by Jennifer Lynn Barnes. So Inheritance Games is this like mystery adventure. It's about a kid who inherits the fortune of a billionaire. And, you know, the billionaire's grandkids aren't that happy about it. (laughs) That's it in a nutshell. This has been super popular. If you haven't tried it yet,
1: it's perfect for adults and young adult readers great for, you know,
0: advanced middle school readers. It's a great series. It has wide appeal. I mean, I I think people from a lot of different age groups read this series and enjoy it.
1: I'm really excited for the next one, The Lost Library, uh, co-written by Rebecca Steed and Wendy Mass. Wendy Mass wrote The Candy Makers, which is a really fat book in our middle grade section. And someday we might have our middle school. I guess your daughter's a high schooler now, uh, but they went to preschool together. They're basically the same age, yeah. um, our children. But Charlotte, m- my daughter, who's the same age as your daughter, she is not a reader. She should be. Yes, Charlotte. Um, she is actually like I hate that misnomer. Like um, I'm not a reader. Guess what you are? She is. She just ha- is very picky about what she reads. She loved The Candy Makers. And Rebecca Steed is kind of like children's book royalty. So the two of them coming together on a book is pretty exciting. Um, this is about a little free library that pops <laughs> up out of nowhere. And it's tended to by a cat. Well, Orange Cat is a gorgeous cover. It's a book about books. I think it's going to be something really magical and I'm excited to get our hands on it and read it. And it's
0: kind of a mystery too. Right. Because there, these two friends find books in there that are linked to this thing that happened in their small town that no one will talk about. Exciting. I love it. I think it has so
1: much potential. Um, I also love that it has um, a male protagonist. So in this age, Connecting uh, young boy readers to someone who shares their identity can be hard sometimes without it being like a cliche sports book. So seeing male protagonists in middle grade um, novels is great. That doesn't mean it's for boys or for girls, but... Um, to see themselves in a book about books is exciting. I also love that his best friend's name is Rafe because (laughs) my British friends, Ruth and Graham, when I first met them, because I have no ear for accents, I thought their names were Rafe and Glenn. (laughs) And my husband was like, you're wrong. I was like, no, it's Rafe and Glenn. It's not, it's Ruth and Graham. But hey, I didn't make that name up. There are characters named Rafe, all right? I mean, it's a real name. I mean, I could tell them they were they you know, they probably had interesting names because they had an accent. Yeah. But no, they're just Ruth and Graham. <laughs> Not Raven Glenn. Um, sequel to Stunt Boy by Jason Reynolds, illustrated by Earl the Third. So cool. Love this book. Interesting compilation of storytelling styles, um, both pictorial. Um paragraphs of text different illustration styles this is a great graphic novel slash chapter book we keep it in graphic novels because it has so much visual impact but this is the sequel it's called the in-between time it's the follow-up to portico reeves story he sees himself as a superhero because he sees all the needs of the people in his apartment building and he's able to like solve their problems and in um, this
0: and in this book it's like he's dealing with what he perceives as his own failure, which is that his parents have split up.
1: Right. And he was anticipating that uh, or wondering about the state of his family in the first novel. So um, an important exploration of changes in family
0: told in a really cool way. All right. Amanda, what's popping at Dog Books?
1: I'm going to read with Lovey on Wednesday at 10 a.m. Oh, my
0: God, you are? That never happens. Never. It's a rare opportunity. Lovey (laughs) has a new collar. Oh, shit. You better show up. Yeah. It's really cool. Even if you don't have a kid, show up and be that weirdo.
1: I am going to try to have her dress up every single Wednesday in October this year because she does have a nice repertoire (laughs) of costumes. Just a heads up. We're a little bit of a month out, but, you know, get in the routine. Start preparing Prepare yourselves. I'm also going to be hosting Cocktails and Convos. Yeah, with our friend,
0: Joe Mylan Jr.
1: Yeah, he wrote the All-American. We've talked about it uh, a fair bit on the podcast, but. And we had him on the podcast. Yep. You can also go back and listen to our special episode with him popping off with Joe Mylan Jr. about his novel, The All American. And he's a really interesting
0: guy, and we had a lot of fun with him. So right. If you're around, you should come check it out. He is
1: a professor at Waldorf. Waldorf and I think I would like him. He's very jovial. Yeah. He, he was a lot of fun. He's yeah, he's really fun. And so we're going to have a great time on Thursday night. Please join us. Uh, we'll have a special soju lime cooler drink available, possibly South Korean snacks. We'll also have a recipe for the drink we had on the podcast, the somek, And we'll be talking about the All-American, which is centered on a high school senior, Bucky, who lives in Washington, mm-hmm. And Bucky wants nothing more than to play football in college. The all-American dream, right? And he runs into a little trouble trying to help his uncle who gets into a fight. But when the police get called in, they look into Bucky's background. Uh, Bucky has a South Korean father who married his mother. Um, They moved to America when he was two. And he's lived here ever since. But what they uncover when they look into Bucky's background is that the paperwork didn't exactly get straightened out. His dad kind of let him down, check bounced. So
0: he's here illegally. Yeah,
1: he's here illegally. He gets sent to a detention center and then is deported to South Korea. And the, the story takes off from there. It's pretty wild. It's a wild ride and a really cool exploration of cultural identity and a young man who takes responsibility for the trajectory of his own life and has a broadened interest
0: in his own identity. And then lastly, or not lastly, but also Saturday, 1130 to 130, um, League of Women Voters will be in the store doing voter registration. So if you are not registered to vote in Story County, show up, get registered. It's free. We want to make it easy for you. And you can register to vote and vote for whoever you want, but we prefer... That you don't vote for losers. Who and votes. Who banned votes. And other things. And other things. We won't go like into people. It. We do All want right. you to
1: know we're going to be open on Labor Day.
0: We will be open on Labor Day. We're Come making hang our place
1: labor on Labor Day. <laughs> we will labor on this <laughs> Labor Day. <laughs> Very thematically correct. So join us. Keep,
0: Keep the champagne
1: flowing, flowing and the books going. going. Word. Remember, uh, subscribe, like follow because you want to find out what's happening in dog-eared books every single week
0: yep and if you don't live in ames you can always follow us on social or hit our website to order books
1: follow us at at Dog-Eared books ames or at dog books on tiktok all right listeners keep the champagne flowing and the books going this is so great it's so great <laughs>